So we're going on and on these days about how people are always, uh, you know, how do people change their minds from going from progressive to conservative, from atheist to believer, uh, you know, and it's, there's much wisdom and magic and much to be learned from, from that process, right? In, in many ways, that's the battleground where you really can understand because, look, if you meet somebody who has always been a devout believer in God, or always been an atheist, there's not much to take away from there. You, you can't grow, in a sense, from there. I mean, so you can't, it's hard to learn something from that process, okay? Because this person is merely in that position. The person who has converted, as it were, in either direction, is somebody that went out into the field and fought, right? And understood the, the weaponry and the and, and, and the arguments and everything else out there, and then finally landed, found himself on the other side of that, of that battlefield. Right. It's like that Utah about the chessboard. It's like turning around. They looked out from the other way. Right. And yeah. made an informed oh, decision from both perspectives. That, that's right. It, it concluding. really does, does help. It's a little bit like, uh, I don't know, you're trying to look for a pen that uh, you know, fell on the floor somewhere. Well, you can, look at it, you can look at it one way, or you can you know, go behind the couch and look at below from there. Then suddenly you find it. Okay, so it's something like that. Point is that people like, like us have actually fought the battle, and that's a very important thing to do. It's not to say that, look, I don't want you know, Christians or Jews to suddenly become atheists. You, know, to, you, know, to, to, you stay where you are, so to speak, right? But in terms of the, the battle-testedness, that's you and me. We've been there. We haven't been to actual war. But in many ways, you and I somewhat envy the soldier. We, we, we certainly support the soldier who's gone to Iraq or to Afghanistan or Vietnam, World War II and, and Korea and so forth. We admire them. Part of the reason why I think we admire them is because they've confronted evil. They have fought for the good. They've been battle-tested. They've seen the enemy. And they've encountered a situation where how would I confront myself? How would I, how would I react under fire? Literally, how would I react? And they know the answer to that because they themselves have been there. Yeah, and just so you know, for a lot of us and our friends, uh, I hate to tell you this, laser tag doesn't count, okay? <laughs> I've tried. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. It means something, but it's not Yeah, much, but that right? five-second yeah. timeout thing, yeah. that's a little different than being torn to shreds and ribbons right. by a machine gun. Right, right. And, and, and losing a finger or arm or, or eye or whatever. It's, it's just horrific things can happen in battle. So my, my hat's off to our brave veterans, men and women, who have uh, lost their lives, have been lost limbs, uh, lost their sight and so forth, um, and otherwise gone through psychological issues. Uh, but we admire the F out of these people, right? Now, I'm not equating myself to these people. I want to make that clear. The fact that I went from being a, an atheist to a believer, uh, there's, it's something, okay? It's, and, and I applaud myself for that, but it, it's not like going to battle in Iraq or Afghanistan, okay? I want to make that very clear. It's not like global warming is the equivalent of invading Normandy? Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Checking. Yeah, data. exactly, checking. <laughs> but, but there's something to be learned about that process, the, the process of going from one to the other. You, you've gone into the battle. You've engaged, and you've seen what works or what doesn't work. And you understand the arguments. And I, and I love that process, Ari. I think it's a very powerful thing. And we... You know, one of the things I learned, and we talked about this offline, is that you really hone in the answers much better when you have been one place and now you're the other, right? You, 
you know how to argue the position, you know how they think, what they do. I mean, this is the reason why, you know, somebody who, you know, has uh, turned from, let's say, radical Islam and has become a great fighter for Christianity or God, uh, Judaism, like uh, our friend Noni Darwish. We just love her. She was, she's been a guest on this um, podcast a couple of times. We love her because she was once very anti-Israel, very Muslim, and now she's very pro-Israel and very Christian. She converted. She knows this S inside and out. She's an extremely valuable player because she knows how the enemy thinks. We can only guess a little bit here and there from, from, their, from the activities that they engage in. We know that... Uh, Killing a bunch of random people in Paris and Brussels and so forth and San Bernardino, you know that we, we can judge them by the actions that they that they take and we can say that's monstrous and and we'd be right, but it's different when you actually know what the other side. Yeah, and like. what what you're talking about is you're not we're not privy to we're seeing the results of the day in day out preachings in X Y Z mosque right, right. in X Y Z part of the world in some right. third world um, s hole as the president called it right. One of the benefits that you and I have, because you were once a, a, a self-described communist, for that matter, right? In the early 90s, I think it was. Not self-described. Someone identified me as. As a communist. Okay. Excuse me. I'm fluid, right? But I didn't know it. So a friend said, by the way, you're fluid. You're a commie. All right. So, so somebody like you and me, you know, we've gone through this process. Yeah, and just to, for those of you know, the guy was right. So that's why what brought So what we end up having, the advantage that we have it's a good way to summarize it, is that we know how to ask the right questions. We know what engages somebody enough to perhaps turn him in the questions. Because I, I know what worked for me. It, that doesn't mean that what works for me to convert me from, let's say, a liberal to a conservative will be the same thing that would change somebody else from a liberal to conservative. But damn it, it worked for me. <laughs> so, one of, so one of the things, for example, and, and this is why I think we've been very effective on this podcast and on my radio show and in my articles and my speeches. And your books. And my books. Unavailable on Amazon. All the books are about atheists, but right. I'll talk about that in a moment, um, is that we're able to ask the right questions. So to me, what was important was all I care about is what works, right? Is If your program... Uh, of welfare, let's say, really gets people off the streets and leads them to a life where they are suddenly uh, productive members of society and they are the new rich all of a sudden because they, they once had a handout that, you know, it worked for them. It was, it was that great moment. And but for that, they wouldn't be on this road to success where they are now. I'd be, I'd be a liberal all day long, of yeah. course. If welfare created a million Bill Gates... For sure. And Jeff Bezos says, bring it on. Yeah, yeah of course. Then we're not, not, you made a great point. We're not anti-welfare because we're anti-welfare. Right. Right? We're, we're, <laughs> we're anti-welfare because it doesn't work. Right. It, and it only promotes more welfare. And like I said, they, and I discovered that the, the Democratic Party, or liberalism generally speaking, it's the party of irony. Everything that they advance it, 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 you know, achieves exactly the opposite of what they intend, or at least what they Proclaim to once, yeah, 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 exactly right. So they 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 proclaim welfare will get people uh, off, you know, give them a leg up. In fact, it actually pushes them down, right? Yeah, when they, they say, say affirmative they, action, it, it actually creates more racism. Yeah, they say they want a green new deal, which actually or recycling, it creates more pollution and more garbage yeah, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah, just look at you know the former Soviet Union and what what a crazy world that was. Look, anyway, it goes on and on. I don't want to get into the party of irony, but it is the party of irony, and I just thought, why would I? I mean, don't you ask these self, yourself these questions, my fellow liberal? 
And, you know, it's, when I ask these questions, the most simple one being, show me one liberal policy that conservatives have opposed that has worked. I think that's a very fair question. Yeah. Right? It's very basic. The only problem with that question is there's a couple commas and it requires a little bit of logic, <laughs> which is generally, from my experience, just outside the abilities of right, exactly, both right. of them. But it's such a perfect question because anyone with a functioning brain would have to go, hmm, I can't think of any. Right. Hmm. I, I, look, I, I mean, Oops. you can even phrase it more neutrally. You can say, would it be fair to say, John, that... You can judge a party whether or an ideology, whether that's conservatism or liberalism, based upon its achievements. Is that fair to say, John? Sure. Okay. All right. So let's compare achievements. On the one hand, the liberals, the liberals and the other hand, the conservatives. Right? And take whatever policies that the liberals have advanced, the conservatives have opposed, and vice versa, and who wins? Okay? So, you know, that, that was too obvious for me at the end of the day. I've, I've literally changed a lot of people's minds. They've, it's gotten them to think, you know, and once they start asking that question, then things really open up. As we say here at, at my law firm at Lorraine Seltzer, the questions are more important than the answers. Really very important. You need to know what, question, what the issues are. And once you discover what the issues are, then the answers flow. It doesn't matter. The answers are, are less important. You have to know what the questions are. Um, and, and by the way, when you take the bar... Uh, in California and every other state for that matter, or being a lawyer, generally speaking, they don't ask you, tell us what the speed limit is in, uh, you know, in the northern county of, uh, of California. No, it's not as if they just ask you to spew the law. No, no, no. They ask you to spot the issues. They give you a scenario of, let, let's say, a client comes to you with this or that contract and da, da, da. And like, what do you advise him? What are the issues? And you tell him. You said the issues are whether or not there's been the statute of limitations applies because it appears to be more than four years. You ask them whether or not there was consideration because it doesn't appear that there was money exchanged for this particular deal. You ask them whether, 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 whether. Can right? I issues. see if I know from my Brock Lur experience? Yeah. You ask him, did he get it in writing? <laughs> well, that's another thing, right? right. Well, there is, a, there is a statute of frauds, right? right. Is, it, is it in a writing and might the statute of frauds pr uh, preclude that? But you see how there's questions on every single one. It doesn't, and they don't expect you to answer those questions. They don't. They just want you to see the issues. Yeah. And, and that was a remarkable moment for me when I realized that as a lawyer, that that is the most important job that you have, to be able to spot the issues. Once you spot the issues, then the answer can, can come out, generally speaking. For example, one of the biggest issues that we saw in this, one very important case, is we had a big judgment. It was, I think, it was $2.5 million. And uh, the other side tried to argue that there was a limitation in the lease that prevented us from collecting against anything more than this particular shopping center. And I, I spotted the issue. The issue was that you have uh, that the merger doctrine precludes anything, looking at anything else. So the issue is, does the merger doctrine apply? And the answer was, yes, it does. So, um, and we win. That's it. End of story. But if you don't ask that question, then the merger doctrine doesn't apply and so on. All right, let's move on to, to the, the, the political issues about this. The, 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 the political issues are far more important. You have to ask, does it work? Okay, well, you, you say affirmative action is a wonderful thing. Okay, does it work? That's the issue. Uh, minimum wage is great. Okay, does it work? This so-called, uh, what is it, living, um, 
Living wage? No, no, living wage is the minimum wage. I'm, right. I'm, uh, this, this basic income. Basic, universal, universal basic yeah, income. Yeah, yeah, this notion. Does that have any sort of reality? Has that, has that been tried before? The answer is yes, of course. And has it worked before? The answer is no, of course. And so on, right? Uh, same thing with all the sexual escapades that are going on right now with uh, tw uh, Tinder and orgies and multiple partners of general kinds and such like that and loose sex and all that. Has that been tried before? That's an issue. And if it has, has it worked before, right? So these, these are fair questions to ask. Yeah. Did Sodom and Gomorrah, before they were burned to asunder by God, right. uh, produce a healthy lifestyle <laughs> that was good for family security? Right, yeah. <laughs> that, well, that's, a, yeah. that's a good question to ask. They'll say there was no proof of Sodom and Gomorrah and such like that. But, 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 but. <laughs> the, the truth is it all resonates with us. Whether it actually happened or not is not really important. Right. It's whether... It, it seems like that would be an inevitable result, right? When you have such licentiousness and debauchery and you don't give a concern or a hoot about sexual escapades whatsoever, it does kind of make sense that you would end up with something like Sodom and Gomorrah, which would be graphic and horrific. Well, you don't even have to go to Sodom and Gomorrah. You can go to ISIS and what they did, right? That's exactly what was going on in the ISIS-controlled territories in, in Syria and Iraq. So that's a problem for them. Uh, you don't have to, but again, it doesn't have to be a true story. It, it, it can. You, we learn a lot from Star Wars. That's not only not a true story, but it's science fiction. No, no myths and parables. Yes, teach there's something morals. to it. Yes, like we, we we can quote from Yoda, who is not even a human. Right. Do <laughs> right? or do not. Yeah. There is there's no, no try. try. Exactly right. <laughs> so uh, and and you know he has to have his, his training must be complete and such like that. Well, we use these as as. Yeah. Don't practice law until you pass the bar. Yes. Exactly right. It would be bad. <laughs> so you, you never say well let's you can't. Or Shakespeare is a more classic example, right? Yeah. You know, well, as, as is quoted in the Shakespeare, you know, um, thou dost protest too much. Well, that story didn't happen, Barack. Like, okay, yeah, but there's a message there that you can learn from, my friend. That's, that's the point. So we, we can learn a lot from what has happened in the past. And these are the questions that I asked and that you asked eventually. Uh, and it brought us to the other side, like, okay, yeah, duh. I mean, it doesn't work. I'm not, I'm not sticking with this program. I, I don't want to be with the losers. I want to be with what works. Uh, I also be I believe in morality. I believe in decency. I believe in Israel as a great light onto the nations. I believe in America and its exceptionalism. And the only party that seems to uh, jibe with that uh, is the Republican Party, and consistently so. Or conservatism, they, to be more yes, specific. Yes, yes. Look, when I see a conservative, and you see a conservative, uh, you know that if you go up to him and, and you say, wow, America's so awesome, what an exceptional country, you know he's not going to say, well, what about that slavery, right? <laughs> you know that he doesn't, he's not going to talk like that talk. Um, so anyway, the bottom line is conservatism works. And that's why we changed, right? We argue, and so we argue to the liberals in the same way. So consistently through my writings and my speeches and this, this is some really strong argumentation. I, I really value the words of the Noni Darwishes in our world, the people who have been on the other side and now are with us. They have a lot to say. Likewise with my book, Atheism Kills. Available um, on Amazon. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It is. Thank you very much for the plug. But uh, the, the point is... Before it's been censored, go to uh, yeah, soon. Yeah, that's right. Just soon enough. Buy it now. Get, get it now, folks. <laughs> Before it's taken down. <laughs> now, just, now, now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it, and, and by the way, if, if you do get a chance, and this is, this is out to my listeners, please do me a favor. I want you to read it. 
And if you would be so kind, please write a review. Hopefully a five-star review. I would love that. No, no, no. Write a five-star review or else. That's how you do it. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no. Seriously. I, we I, will find you. We will make your life uncomfortable. All right. Yeah. Ari is joking here. Okay. But no, seriously, write an honest review. I, I, I've got a feeling it'll be a good review. Why? Why do I ask this? Why do I feel the need to ask this right now? We've got a lot of reviews on, on Amazon. I think we're up to 75, 80. Uh, but there's a, been a bunch of jackasses who have banded together, I think like 10 or 15 of them, who have clearly not read the book. But they've talked to each other, and they're plugging in one-star reviews and with one-line one re, one reviews saying, this is a bunch of garbage. There's no evidence to back this up. Of course, they haven't read the book. So, you know, 350 pages, you would think there might be some evidence. Yeah. And, of course, there's tons of evidence. It might right. be too much, in fact. Reviews like Barack-type stupid talk or something like that. Yeah, something like, like that. that. It's, yeah. it's crazy. So, listen, I ask a favor to go ahead, please, and go on to Amazon, type in the Atheism Kills to find the book, then write a review if you would be so kind, and I would really appreciate it. Okay. The book Atheism Kills, now going back to the main point, um, I, I purposefully put in a chapter there that digs in deep and makes the argument for atheism. How dostoevsky of you. Yes, thank you very much. That, that resonates for me very nicely. It, it is true. that He believed, as I do, that you cannot be legitimate in your arguments unless you know very deeply what the other side will have to say. So I present, you know what? A fandamtastic argument for atheism. And at the very end, it's a long one. And it's clear, it's concise, it's comprehensive. And everyone. And that, it's convincing. Yeah, it's a real argument. Yeah, You're it's not a real argument. making fun of it nope. here. I, I don't want, I didn't let myself off the hook in any freaking shape or form. I showed all the weaknesses of, of you know, I put that in quotes the weaknesses of faith. Um, I. I I mock the idea of Christianity in terms of, you know, well, you don't have any proof of Jesus being the son of God. Uh, you know, the notion of God is the, the God of the gaps. You know, he's the substitute for all those things that we don't know. I know this stuff. I know it better than most, most atheists. As I like to say, I can out-atheist any atheist. And I show it in my book. That chapter is very powerful. Even many atheists who proclaimed that my book is stupid have said, hey, but that chapter on atheism and for atheism, it was brilliant. It was genius. So they, I'm a genius on the one hand, right? But I'm a moron on the other. Yeah. They Got like, it? They Just like want you to know. They like that middle part. Yeah, exactly. Say, that middle talk. Or yeah. it's another analogy. If you remember the movie um, A Clockwork Orange where the main character is in prison and he's reading the Bible. And the priest comes out, oh, you're reading the Bible? Oh, yeah, I'm learning so much about it. And then they cut to his vision of the Bible. Yeah. And he's the Roman centurion torturing yeah, he loves, Christ. Yeah. He's saying, this is great. <laughs> That's right. He loves that part. <laughs> It was hysterical. I, I I love that part. I love I love the the way that they don't realize that that, that what he's what, what he's that the takeaway is a little bit different than what he's supposed yeah, to take away. Got it. He really he has the opposite. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, that that chapter is very meaningful because I I want to show to the atheist I know what you're thinking. Don't you worry. I've got it all covered. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, I'll give you better arguments than you have yourself. Yeah. Right? Feel free to use them. Go right. Ahead. Absolutely. Smorgasbord. Right. And then I'm, I'm warning them, and guess what? The rest of this book is going to have an answer to everything here and more. And you will be shocked. And you'll begin to think differently than you did before. And so it's, it's a real joy, Ari, to, to have been on the other side and now to be able to present it uh, as a weapon now against the, the other side. It's, a, it, there's, it's priceless. So 
when I talk to a conservative and they tell me, as you told me about a friend of yours, Roger, I think his name was, yeah, uh, that he that you had told him ahead of time, hey, one day you'll you'll be a conservative, you'll vote Republican, and he you know he mocked you, he said that was that's nonsense, and now where is he? He's a he's a he's a Trump supporter. He knows exactly what. Uh, I will quote what he said to please. me the other night. He said. The left and their political uh, correctness, which I cannot stand, has pushed me to the right. Right. It's pushed me over here. And that's consistent with what we've been saying uh, months ago, saying uh, that that every one of the three groups that voted for – I'm sorry, that that voted in the 2016 election will have a large contingency that will move even further to the right. Meaning even the Hillary supporters, yeah, even those guys, because a lot of people voted for Hillary because they were afraid of Trump. They were told these horrible things that would uh, consequence if Trump would ever come out, uh, would become uh, the president. And then they discover, you know what, Uh, the world is not done fire. Uh, Abortions are still available. Um, And the economy, by the way, is fantastic. Yeah, for some reason, I have a good job now. And our foreign relations are fantastic. And uh, by the way, he moved uh, the embassy from uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Yeah, Uh, what an anti-Semite that was. Yeah, that's right. And uh, there are not, you know, so they... So they suddenly realize, well, wait a minute, you know, maybe he wasn't such a terrible demon after all. So you're going to have people suddenly go with Trump in 2020 because, first of all, they, they know him now. And they don't mind it. And they'd rather not change change horses in midstream, as they say. And then, of course, the independent voters who voted uh, at the last second, either for Trump or for Hillary, will now vote for Trump. Because if you're a last-minute voter, you kind of like what happened with Trump. Yeah, and generally there's a bunch of people out there who, when a president is up for re-election, just vote for the president. Right. It's a natural dynamic. It, it is. You know, they, yeah, the world hasn't fallen apart. I guess things are okay. I'm voting for him. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to take the chance on this new guy. Right. Yeah. I don't want to disrupt, and that, which is a fair thing, by the way. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. That's why the incumbents tend to have a better shot. Right, and it's especially true, not to divert, but I can't help myself, yes. when you look at this freak show of opposition candidates to Trump. Yes. They, because they, the they make it easier part, for us. They right. make it easier They're, for us. I just want to say, I can't help it. Uh, the Democrat Party just seems prematurely programmed not to nominate anyone normal. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. So, but now moving to the to the Trump supporters, people who voted for Trump or just didn't vote at all. I mean, you were such a person. Yeah. You, you were very, uh, lukewarm is a, is, is a very generous term. Uh, when describing right. I'm you, a Ted, I'm a Ted Cruz conservative from the 2016 race. You were, and I was concerned that yeah. Trump would not do conservative things once in office, no matter what came out of his mouth before he was in office. Right. You, you were almost, a, you were almost a never Trumper. Yes, exactly. Right. But what made me a Trump train rider right. is because in office he has been as conservative as I could hope for. Right. And exactly story. right. Exactly. You, you and I are almost exactly the same. The only difference between us is that I actually voted for Trump, and I, I just because I, I wanted to make clear I did not. I wanted one more vote for Trump, and I wanted to make sure not just to make, be neutral on the matter, but to actually have a vote tally against. Hillary Clinton. Yeah, and I just want to say real quickly of, although I did not trust Trump's conservatism before he was in office, my hatred and loathing for Hillary Clinton knows no bounds (laughs) and has no limits. Right. The first fight I got into with my lovely wife when our relationship was new was about Hillary Clinton. So So, that's how much I loathe I'm not going there. I'm not going there. So (laughs) uh, the point is, people like us, uh, we are good examples. We are 
as you said, on the Trump train. We are wildly, not just enthusiastic, but wildly enthusiastic about Trump. You and I may very well go pounding on doors in our neighborhoods and otherwise to, to showcase more so than I, I w ever would have done with, with Bush, either of the Bushes. Uh, the only other time I might have done it uh, is when Reagan was president, you know, to reelect him. But, uh, you know, I think there's going to be a much greater fight this time in 2020 than there was when uh, Reagan had to fight Mondale in 1984. So, but, but everything is going to go this way. Now, getting back to the notion of people that you're telling, uh, you're going to vote as a Republican one day. I, I encourage our listeners, you, you all know somebody that you believe, you know, is a, is a strong supporter of good values, loves Israel, for example, has a sense of God, has a sense of America's exceptionalism, and yet they vote Democrat. These, to these people, you need to go up to them and say, What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm going to say something else. All right. You need to go up to them and say, One day you will be a conservative. I sense that in you, John. You are going to vote Republican in the future. And I know you don't like that to hear that now, but everything that I know about you suggests very strongly that, that what's happening now among the Democratic Party loyals, that that disgusts you, that you are concerned about that. And at some point, you're going to say, no mas, this, this ain't right. And I'm going to vote for the other party because, you know what, I, I think they actually are more consistent with what I believe. That's why I think you're going to vote that way, John. Okay, you're not. Gonna, okay, you say you're not going to vote that way. Fine, fine. Just want to put it out there. I wouldn't be surprised. And and by the way, if and when you do, and I think it's more a question of when you do. When you come back to me and tell me that you've voted for you know Johnny Republican as the president, for the president, uh, I'm not going to say told you so, told you so. I'm going to say that's awesome. Really glad to to hear that. And it's going to be cool. And we need to, to go, because you need to put the little seed in everyone's mind. All of these liberals out there, these Democrats, that they don't even realize that they're really Republicans. You just need to remind them. Powerful stuff. Okay, I want to move on to another topic, which is about the notion of restrictions. Restrictions are very interesting. It just kind of came up upon me the other day. Uh, when you think of restrictions, which party do you think of, Ari? Uh, I think of this party called the Democrat Party and their <laughs> massive regulatory state that we're basically, you only have one freedom. If you want to murder a baby in the womb, go for it. Right. But I can't even start a lemonade stand, have the light bulb I want, have the straw I want, have the paper bag I want, or flush my toilet as many times as I want. Right. So as long as I'm killing babies... They're jiggy, right. but I can't do anything else without asking for written express permission. Right. By and large, I think that's right. There, there are three things. One is the abortion thing that you just talked about. They try to make that as consequence-free as possible. Secondly, sex, which they also try to make as consequence-free as possible. Unless, well, they, I unless hold on, hold on. Illusion of hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Yeah, just, just hang on. Let me finish. Sometimes this R.A. guy, he just gets under my skin. What? All right. So the abortion thing, the sex thing, the consequence-free sex. 
uh, with the exception of being of the sexual harassment stuff, right? So they don't expect you to go jumping on women, right? Because that's a clash between themselves, you know, where sex for Uber Alice. Unless you're a donor to their party. Right, unless they're a donor to the party. Uh, or you're a feminist, in which case, you know, you're, you know, sex has to be totally restricted. It's very weird. They, they, they have truly a mixed message here. It's very, um, I, I don't know how they, they can walk and chew gum at the same time when it comes to that. But that's another story. The third thing is drugs, right? Drugs... Uh, by all means, let's legalize it. I mean, they just legalized uh, marijuana in virtually every state in the union now. And if it's uh, if your state still uh, makes it criminal, it's going to be legal at some point. So, and they're they're fine with that, as you say. They're jiggy with that. And uh, you know that that's that those they have no senses of restriction, none, except for, and, and these are minor, uh, what what would appear to be minor, but actually major. Um, they need to restrict our entire lifestyle, okay? They want everything restricted. Your world has to completely be undone, uh, whether it's the paper straws that you were talking about yeah, before. Yeah, combustion engine. Uh, yeah, your, of course. Your bovine might uh, flatulate. Right. You know. Airplanes, for example, uh, these, are, these are offenses to, to mankind. Uh, cars themselves need to be off the road. You need there's Agenda 21. Right, the single family home. Right, all these things need to change, change, change. And uh, you know we need to blow up marriage, and we need to restrict. Uh, and then very importantly, they need to restrict our freedoms uh, in terms of speech. Right, anything that you say that uh, mansplains, well, that's that's a restriction. <laughs> Anytime you you use uh, dead naming, uh, that's a restriction. You cannot refer to a he when he wants to be referred to as a she, and so forth. They want you to trip over yourselves all the time. Right. They are the restrictions. Words, they are restriction yes. city, and uh, they, they, that's all they're about. At the end of the day, everything they do is restriction. They they want you to be very careful what you say during an interview for a job, right? They want you to have certain quotas when you have a uh, you know when you go into colleges. Everything has to be done just so. And then, of course, there's, there's the business regulations of up the wazoo in every single way you can imagine. And they, they just, you know, it's like the, the George Harrison song, Tax Man, right? They want to, <laughs> they, they'll tax, you know, you want to walk, they'll tax the street and such like that. They want to they wanna trip you up in every single way. It's very hard to live a life under the restrictions uh, that the liberals would impose. Yeah, can I quote Reagan where he said uh, to the liberal, if it exists, tax it. Right. If it moves, regulate it. If it stops moving, subsidize it. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly and, right. And I want to add one caveat to what you said about the sex and the drugs because I think this is very interesting. Um, marijuana is marijuana. Let's leave that out, okay? Because it's, it's just pot, okay? Mm -hmm. They are fine with you doing crystal meth and heroin now. Yeah. Fine with it. Yeah. Are you, and, and we've seen the result of these tent cities, these Obamavilles on the streets of Los Angeles in formerly good areas. I know, I know. I like, so there's that. And then the second part I want to add that I think clarifies it is they're just fine with any sex you want to have except for heterosexual sex between a man and woman that might result in a pregnancy. Yeah, that's right. right. Oh, God any, forbid. Right. Any <laughs> other sex, including now with children. Is jiggy. I know it's 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 so sad. Uh, it, un unfortunately, and it, it's so disturbing to hear that. Uh, but you're going to see more and more of that argument being made. I'm not necessarily that it's going to the activity will start. That will happen much later. But the argument will be as follows: 
that, hey, look, you know, uh, if you prevent a child from enjoying sexual pleasure, then in a, in a sense you're repressing him. If the child is expressing an interest in sex, well, then that means you should allow him to have sex. Uh, you know, to, to their mind, it's like saying, it's like withholding food from them. Well, they're hungry. Well, then you should food him. You should feed him. Oh, well, but I'm not going to feed him. Well, then you're a monster as a parent if you don't let him eat, right? Right. And the pedophile is just another orientation. So who are we to judge? Exactly we don't right. judge homosexuals anymore. We used to throw them in prison. Why should we do the same with pedophiles? Know, it's just terrible. It's just it's so disgusting. I, I don't even know where to, yeah, where to begin. Um, just <laughs> real fast. So liberals, you want to join us? We're happy to have you. <laughs> this. Okay. So, yeah. So anyway, look, I, I don't want to get too, too derailed from where I want to go about this. The point is that, that restrictions seem to be all up the wazoo when it comes to the, uh, to the liberal side of the equation, um, except for drugs and sex. And now going back to drugs, by the way, uh, you made a, a good comment about marijuana and such. You said, leave that alone for now. Um, but if the argument for marijuana is that, you know, hey, look, we allow for alcohol, therefore we should allow for marijuana, and, you know, it's just drugs, it doesn't hurt anyone, it would, you can tax it, just like you said, like they say, um, it would prevent all these cartel drug uh, crimes that, that uh, result from that. Uh, but why not the same thing with meth, like you said, and any other sort of hard drug? Well, I don't see what the difference is. You know, it, it, why? Where do you, as a liberal, say it's good to legalize marijuana, but it's not okay to legalize meth, like you said? Why? What's the difference? Right, they're both addictive. They're both they're both destructive. And if you if you and they and they'd both be equally dangerous if you were to drive under the influence of either. So you know I, I don't get it, but that's another story. Restrictions are the bag of liberals. They love restrictions, one way or the other. Yeah, they want they want to restrict right. They want to restrict the way you talk. They want to restrict the way you conduct your business. They want to restrict the way you travel. They they want restrict the way you even think of yourself, okay? They want to restrict history. I mean, everything you can think of, they want to restrict it, one way or the other. Now, uh, including the t education. Oh, my gosh, I didn't even think, think about that. Yeah, and social media. Uh, well, that's the freedom. That's the freedom of expression. Yeah, yeah. expression. So, now, so it begs the question, where do, where do we as conservatives, where, in what areas are we restrictive? And there are, there are two that I can think of. Maybe you can think of a third. I, I want to be generous here. There, is, there, is, there are two ways. One is uh, about abortion. We want to restrict abortion. Okay? We want to, we want to, because the reason why we want to restrict it is we believe it's murder. Okay? We, at certain points, certainly, uh, even, most conservatives, even if they uh, think that abortion is okay in the first trimester or before the heartbeat, they believe that after a certain point, uh, it is murder. Okay. Certainly, on the day that you deliver the baby, that's murder. There's no getting or around that. After, <laughs> or after, yeah. Like so, New York, right? So, so by definition, that's a restriction. Okay. So, what we consider to be uh, in the old days a Roe v. Wade, a reasonable restriction, such that you cannot have an abortion after the first trimester, which everyone supposedly seemed to agree with, that was nevertheless a restriction. And we conservatives, we had to live by it. We we wished we wanted the. Uh, the viability or the the, yeah, we the, want, the, crimi yeah. the criminalization date yeah. to be much earlier in the pregnancy, but okay. Nevertheless, it's a restriction of some kind or the other. Got it. Okay. What's the other restriction? We want to restrict illegal immigration. Okay. We want to secure the border. 
And that's a normal restriction. That's a, you know, without that, you can't possibly have a meaningful uh, country. You know, your country will eventually go bye-bye. And then finally, I suppose, uh, we want, I mean, it's not really a restriction, though. I was going to say the enforcement of law and order, but that's not a restriction. I mean, that's not, a, you know, trying to curb somebody's lifestyle. No, that's trying to protect the rights right. of the potential victims right. of criminality. Right. And as far as the border security being a restriction, it's not a restriction because one thing, it doesn't restrict our citizens right. from Good anything. And I'm just trying to be generous as possible. Yeah, I know. You're you're like your you gave the brilliant analogy of how you made the arguments for atheism, atheism. in your book. Mm-hmm. You're making the counter argument to give them the widest berth possible. Exactly. If you will, the philosophical rope necessary to hang themselves. Right. But what's so incredible about it is our if you will restriction on illegal immigration, illegal aliens, border security is simply the attempt to prevent invasion, analogous to, um, didn't we fight a war against the Nazis and the Imperial Japanese and then a Cold War to prevent the invasion of people who held a, a philosophy about life and living that was completely antithetical to the way we live? Right. Right. The, the point is that we conservatives want to expand freedom. Yeah. We, if anything, we we want to we want to restrict those who would restrict us. Yeah, and, right? and that's what limited government is all about. So, uh, you know, so it, it's interesting because I the reason why I bring this up as a topic and it's a very important one is to see things in a different way. This is this is my skill, and I think that's one of the few skills I have is I'm able to see something in a different way for a variety of reasons. I have that this ability, and I see things. I can I can look at different ideologies in terms in different ways. In this case, uh, for example, we talked about how we can see the conservatives and the liberals in terms of what works, right? Now I'm talking about how we can see them as different forms of restriction. Right, and you're talking about the de facto cultural conclusion that most liberals have that we're the restrictors when the opposite is true. We're not the restrictors. We're the expanders. Right. Now, there is one restriction. That well, you don't can... like a freedom dividend? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the latest, the latest uh, Orwellian uh, yeah, phraseology. Right. Because there's a very interesting thing, and this sort of goes to the Thomas Sowell ideas in a Conflict of Visions versus the restricted versus the unrestricted lifestyle. There's only one thing I want to restrict as a conservative myself and the curtailment of my own decadent behavior inclinations. In other words, if I can control myself and show self-control and only hop on my wife sexually <laughs> and only, you know, and uh. don't and and restrain my inclination to regulate others by only regulating my own behavior, to take a breath, to not have temper tantrums, to think a second time, as Prager would say, to say WWBD, what would Barack do, and try to do it, rather than what would Ari do and be an asshole, you know, et cetera. Sorry. Um, the preceding program was extremely <laughs> sexual in content and should not have been listened to by younger viewers. You're right. That term is a genital, so sorry. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but the point is, we as conservatives live a life where we restrict ourselves. And we don't worry about restricting others because we assume if we restrict ourselves and others live by a similar set of values and restrict themselves from their, um, let's just say, unhealthy inclinations, most likely the world will be a pretty good and free place. Right. That's exactly right. I, we, um, it, is, it is ironic to think of this, the, the political divide, as a divide between how people restrict 
right? What, 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 is, what, are, what are your restrictions, so to speak? And it's a question we should all ask ourselves. What, what kind of restrictions do we want? Yes, we, we want restrictions on abortion. Absolutely right. We want restrictions on drugs. That's fair enough, too. We want a moral restriction, I guess, on the way we you know, control ourselves sexually. Those things are true about the conservatives. I think those things, however, are things that ultimately advance civilization, not pulls them down. The, the restrictions that the Democrats want to advance are, are restrictions that will indeed pull us down. They will, Agenda 21, this notion of, of not having airplanes, that's a good thing somehow. You know, like, <laughs> it's, it's really incredible to me. Right, isn't it amazing that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is not sold truthfully by the media as the grandest of grand, in the history of grandee, restrictors of everything? Well, it's totalitarian. Isn't that just magnificent? It's totalitarian. It's, it, there's no getting around it. You know, they, guess what? You know, the, the North Koreans also don't have the ability to travel very much. So, right? So <laughs> yeah. they're, they're great carbon savers, I suppose. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's all nonsense. But the, the notion, these, these notions, every one of their restrictions... Uh, will have the effect, if, it, if actually implemented, of, of uh, degrading our civilization, of, of bringing us backward, down into the muck, whereas our restrictions are more restrictions that will actually benefit us in the same way that we want to restrict people from committing crimes. Okay, well, why do we do that? Because if you allow people to commit crimes, theft and murder and rape and so forth, well, that, that will basically cripple society, right? If right, you, it'll normalize murder. Right. <laughs> right. No, but, but bear with me on this. Yeah. If you don't have laws doing that, and I always say freedom implies laws, right? Because if you don't have laws uh, and you're allowed to do anything you want, well, you'd be afraid to walk out of your house every day. And for that matter, you would have to be defending your house all day long because of all these marauders that would come to try to take whatever you might have. Right? It would be Mad Max. Right. The dystopian you would world literally of Mad Max. be left doing nothing but either cowering in a hovel or assimilating yourself into some form of a gang or de facto militia right. army that would give you protection be, by raiding others. Right. It would be pure tribalism. Yeah. That's the way it works. But that is what they would be doing. The, the, the Democrats, right? So our restrictions are simply restrictions that actually help advance society. Their restrictions are the ones that degrade society. Yes. Any questions? Okay, class. Thank you. Yeah, just so you know, after hearing that, this is my disclaimer, after hearing this preceding segment of the Barack Lurie Show, there should be no way any of you could ever be liberal or vote Democrat again. That's all. Sorry. That's all we ask, friends. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. But we love you anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week. 